Hello, you're listening to Industry Insights, the podcast from Wired Score that explores how technology is shaping the future of real estate. In this series, we're talking to some of the leading thinkers in the industry about the opportunities of today and the challenges of tomorrow that come with creating the world's smartest spaces. In this episode, we hear from two guests with their fingers on both the pulse and the purse strings of the industry. We're trying to connect with the existing tenant base and work with them on ideas that we're hearing and pulling from all of our different resources. How does technology solve some of the the hybrid nature of of work going forward and keep the the flexibility that that tenants are looking for. I'm Katie Klein, North America Country Director here at WiredScore, the certification company dedicated to making the world's buildings smarter and better connected. My guests today are both part of the real estate team at the global asset management company, Nuveen. Nicole Wiley and Dave Dyer have over 20 years experience at the forefront of the changing commercial property landscape. Welcome to Industry Insights. Glad to have you both on. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. My first question is for you, Nicole. Obviously, there has been massive change for everyone in the past couple of years throughout the pandemic. How have tenants' needs changed in the past two years? Well, I think what we're seeing more of is, you know, pre-COVID, you had some open space, but you also had a lot of space that was still private office, huddle rooms, et cetera. And I think now we're seeing that there is more need for collaborative space. I think gone are the days of assigned desks. We're seeing and hearing from the tenants that they're adopting more of the hoteling system. We're also seeing that tenants or firms that occupy our buildings are listening to their employees and the the demand for flexibility. Hybrid models are seemingly a permanent fixture in the workplace. And I think that sustainability has taken a front position in the line of things that are important to tenants and their employees. There's a lot you just said there. I'm wondering, do you think they feel prepared for some of these things when it comes to hoteling and the space and all the rest? I will be honest with you. I don't think that a lot of these employers were prepared to set up a hoteling system. As a matter of fact, I went to a lab R&D building that we own and was meeting with the facilities person. This person was telling me, we're going to set up a hoteling system here. And I said, oh, well, where are you going to put the employees' lockers or cubbies so that they can store the things that they're not going to take home, but that they need to remove from the desks. For example, the stapler, a highlighter, their pens. And this person was completely taken aback. She hadn't even thought about that. So I don't think that any of us were prepared for this because we all had assigned desks at the least, and there were a lot of private offices still. I think flexibility is key kind of going forward, but a lot of tenants haven't figured it out yet. There's still a lot of questions on what type of space do they need coming back and how they're going to use it. How does technology solve some of the, the hybrid nature of, of work going forward and keep the, the flexibility that, that tenants are looking for? I also think kind of like our tenant needs are shifting in terms of of luring the tenants back and employees back. And so creating the amenities that that are gonna attract a a wide variety of employees who wanna come back to the office 
giving them a reason to do so, and then giving or providing a space that's commute worthy that they're going to you know, endure commute to be able to go into work and, uh, and collaborate in the office. It's interesting because I saw some results of a survey where they asked, when do you want to come into the office? Never or rarely, one to three times per month, one to two days per week, three to four days per week, and every day. 30% of the individual contributors said they never want to come into the office, which I thought was interesting. The number was low for the everyday responses. And I think that most people, according to the survey, want to come in one to two days per week. And I guess, Nicole, like when you hear that, when you hear that people crave that flexibility one to two days a week, whatever the setup is, how has that model shaped the way you're thinking about your building portfolio? I have a lot of assets in my portfolio that have a longer vault. And so I don't really have a lot of expiration coming up in the near future. But what we're doing is we're trying to connect with the existing tenant base and work with them on ideas that we're hearing and pulling from all of our different resources. For me, it's just staying out there, keeping my finger on the pulse and sharing all the information with the existing tenant base. I think outside the flexibility and the hybrid nature of, of work going forward, and Nicole also touched on it, is is kind of being sustainability focused. And the whole idea of kind of decarbonizing buildings and how do we reach net zero carbon in, by 2050, which is part of the, the Paris Accord and, and a lot of local legislation is is kind of pointing to that. So I think tenants are more and more demanding space that will get them to that point. One case that we saw in Boston in particular is uh, Wellington Management just signed a 100,000 square foot lease in the suburbs, um, specifically in a building that was going to that was going to be net zero and kind of getting them to that target. So the tenant itself has their own uh, metrics that they want to reach. And I think they're they're now placing that, those demands on real estate and landlords to achieve those same targets. So again, I think sustainability going forward is also going to be a focus. I've heard you guys talk about space, sustainability. I think tech sits across all of these things, and I'd like to go deeper there. How has technology, supporting some of the things we just discussed, how has technology become more important in your buildings in the last two years, and how has that evolved? We spent a lot of time on tenant engagement platforms. So uh, companies such as Lane and HQO have mobile applications where you can connect with the, with the tenants and just give them uh, an announcements on what's going on in the building, uh, create events and, and invites through that. It creates communication between the, the employees and also the building management. So it opens up another channel to kind of communicate and interact. And that's been a huge hit, especially as tenants start coming back because because of this hybrid nature, you have to be able to connect with with tenants who are in the office and also out of the office because you kind of never know when they're going to be there. And creating that social engagement, I think, is is really important to getting getting tenants back. I also think like on you know technology pointed towards wellness has been really important as as tenants are coming back. A lot of them are really interested in knowing what's the air quality and 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 other aspects of the building that that makes them feel safe. And so we we are looking into technology for measuring air quality, occupancy sensors that understand how the the buildings are being used, and then we're you know working with third party companies to certify our buildings that they're they're healthy that will come in and kind of certify your buildings on on you know the level of of wellness or, or sustainability for your building. In the beginning of COVID, we we didn't know how this was going to pan out, right? But 
over time, it was very apparent that we needed to figure out ways, especially for the tenants, to track people and when they've been in and out of the building. And here's the reason why. Anytime someone has tested positive for COVID within the building that they work in, that we own and that other people manage, they are to tell the property management teams, hey, this person caught COVID. They were in the building two days ago. What the property management team needs to do now is figure out who was in the building or in that space during a certain time frame. So I think that part of technology has been pretty popular. You mentioned certification. Is is that one of the main ways that you're benchmarking across your portfolio or what are the other ways that you're able to assess where Nuveen is um, when it comes to some of these technology solutions? That is for like on the on the wellness side, we are looking at, at FitWell and, and well certifications to kind of benchmark us there. As far as like other sustainable and kind of smart technology within our buildings, We have a framework called Smart Sustainable Building Blueprint, and it kind of lays out a a number of different smart technologies as kind of a baseline that we want to implement across our portfolio. You know, it gives us a baseline level technology and then kind of aspirational levels beyond that. And we're working to kind of hit those, those baseline metrics and also go well beyond that. And we're working with the Cushman Wakefields, the, the CBREs, the JLLs of the world, to really understand what what are the best practices in terms of managing our offices. And so that's kind of how we're coming up with the technology and just benchmarking it against our, our full platform. That framework is really interesting. I'm curious if you could share more about how you arrived at that framework. It's a tool that we share with the property management team so that they can do things that are smart and sustainable. If you follow this playbook, you can't go wrong type of document. And the way that we arrive to that is uh, we send out annual surveys, we were asking some of the property management teams, hey, does your building have an emergency preparedness plan? Are all of your fixtures touchless? Do you do air quality testing annually? We have a robust ESG team. They're rock stars. They take all of this material and then come up with this amazing document. That that literally is a no-brainer driven by the ESG team. And then um, definitely the property management teams, boots on the ground, kudos to them because without them and their collaboration, we wouldn't have been able to come up with this amazing document. I'm curious if Wired Score was involved in any of that. It's part of it because it's definitely something that we're striving to have across certain assets and markets. So yes, it is a part of it. As kind of our baseline metrics, we do require and and make sure that we have robust connectivity throughout the building. We look at cybersecurity and data integrity. So those components, which I think are also measured by Wired Score, are, are very important to kind of our baseline metrics. Are there any initiatives, Dave, specifically with connectivity that the team is is undertaking across the portfolio? We're seeing the need for DAS or, or digital antenna systems within our buildings, as especially as 5G is rolled out. It's becoming more and more important. So we're, we're ensuring that our buildings are kind of in, in compliant and have the right connectivity there. We've used wired score across our portfolio. So in terms of connectivity with the, the typical fiber providers, we feel like we're, we're pretty well covered. So I think it's more right now on the uh, maybe on the mobile side. Are you getting more questions from your investors around future proofing? And if so, how are you responding to that? Future proofing is really revolving around like sustainability and decarbonizing our, our buildings. Because I think 
our investors and, and our partners are really concerned about obsolescence and, and, and certain buildings will become obsolete. And, and of course, we don't want to be holding those buildings, but how do we get to, to like the building of the future? You know, we're going to be following kind of local legislation, trying to meet the, the 2050 guidelines of, of reaching to net zero carbon. I mean, you have local legislation like Berto 2.0 here in Boston, which is very similar to local law 97 in, in New York and just coming up with targets to reduce carbon by by a certain timeline. So we're kind of taking that and understanding, you know, where our buildings exist today, what's the, you know, what current level carbon emissions do we see and how do we get to kind of where we want to be? So I think in terms of future proofing, it's understanding, you know, how do we get from, from where we are today to where we need to be? And obviously, technology is going to play a huge role in that. And we've already started rolling out, you know, some technology to address those issues, like, kind of baseline technology to, to monitor uh, utility usage and, and energy usage. And that'll help us kind of optimize equipment and, and really understand how to run the buildings efficiently, which kind of gets like kind of the first step in, in reaching net zero. To summarize, it sounds like it's understanding where we are and, and putting forth, you know, some of those uh, monitoring systems as step one to getting us to where we need to be in 2050. Super interesting. We've touched on sustainability, flexibility, and technology. We could go on and on, but we've come to the end of our time. On that note, my big thanks to Nicole and Dave. Don't forget to subscribe to the series wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. I'm Katie Klein. Thanks for listening.